When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to the Kurt Schilling Baseball Show, back half of the first century, episode 51. Uh, Going to get right into it. A uh, lot of news out of Anaheim, none of it good. Uh, Shohei Otani has torn his UCL, uh, and Mike Trout comes back for a game and then goes back on the DL, and they have done nothing to get their butts handed to him since the deadline, and it's just one of those days. They're 10 and a half games out of the wild card spot, their season's over, uh, but the big news now is Otani is hurt. Uh, and this is going to be, I think, probably a quarter billion dollar, if not more. I was thinking about the scenarios now, and and I'm wondering what he does based on what he's going to get offered. I mean, he's pretty much not going to be a pitcher. If he, he wants to continue to play this year, which means he won't have surgery until uh, October which means you're talking about probably if it's normal, this would be a second, by the way. Um, and don't they say, Kurt, that recovering from the second is harder than recovering from the I first? I don't know. Okay. I don't know, Bill. I don't All know right. what, the, what the data is on that. Um, I would imagine there'd be some complications, but the problem is if you're waiting till October, you're talking about two years. I mean, if I'm him, I, I got to think about signing the two-year, $100 million contract. I think he might get, you know, somewhere in that area. Right. Uh, and if I'm a team and I'm uh, his agent's going to ask for six or eight years, I'm going to ask for the first two uh, as a very different player. And I'm going to have a lot of the last half of that very incentive-based on starts and innings and things like that because I'm not paying for a two-way player that doesn't play two ways. Uh, he's – He's legitimate. Everybody is going to be after him free agent as a bat or as a pitcher. Uh, unfortunately, the pitching part is gone now for, for the for the foreseeable future. So um, very, very interested to see how this plays out because this is the place where a Yankee team that has had the year they had goes and says, hey, we'll just give you $120 million for two years or $100 million for two years. And GMs will always take a bigger payday for shorter term. Uh, to that degree and extent, I'm not sure what it's going to be this year. But um, and in other news, uh, Mike Trout, uh, the other greatest player to ever live, that anybody will see. Um, Trout for the first time played in uh, in 38 games uh, after he had his hamate fixed, and uh, it didn't go well. He sat out the next day. He's back on the IL. Um, and if I, you know what, I don't. If I'm Anaheim I just say okay uncle season's over yeah I don't see some of our young kids are made of and rest these two guys or at least rest if you're not going to sign Otani there's no reason not to play him um but I wouldn't put Trout back on the field I'd just let him rest up to the end of the year no way go from there assess what you have and what you don't have and see what I'd be curious to see how Artie Moreno racks to this winter 
and what they're going to do and how they're going to do it. Um, one of the things that we uh, we will do on this show, we have done, will do, uh, unlike most other uh, prognosticators or experts, uh, we'll revisit the things that we predict early in the year or the things that we talk about in the middle of the season. And one of those things is the deadline. We're, uh, we're about a month, almost a month out. Um, you've got uh, from the starting, the six pitchers, the six significant pitchers and names that got traded at the deadline. Uh, I was curious to see where we're at. Uh, and, and it's funny because the guy who probably was in the middle of this pack to the bottom half of the pack, Name recognition wise, not name American, but but uh, I think expectation wise, uh, Lance Lynn has turned out to be a beast for the Dodgers. He's uh three and oh with a 144 um and a 0.88 whip. The thing that that I'm real so Lance Lynn has always been, I, I think in many ways, he's very much like me, straight, pure, four seam fastball pitcher, commands the strike zone really well, moves the ball around, throws a very high percentage of four seam fastballs. Uh, in the American League. That percentage was 36%, which is absurd for a guy like him. Uh, but that is up to 53% in the National League, which it used to be you went from the American to the National. It was a lot easier because you were facing a pitcher instead of a David Ortiz or an Alex Rodriguez DH. Um, not the case anymore, obviously. But that says to me that the offense in the National League is still behind the offense in the American League. Um. I don't have any data to back that up, but that's that's what that and I think there's a piece of, of familiarity for Lance in the National League that maybe he didn't have in the American League. His slider cutter has gone from 26 to 10 percent, throwing more slow breaking balls, curveballs, and sliders now. But the fastball increase is to me the exact reason why he's three and zero with a one forty four. Uh, Michael Lorenzen of the Phillies came over from the Tigers screwed himself by throwing a no-hitter in the second start, creating unbelievably real, unrealistic expectations. But he threw really great after a first start. Uh, had a bomb. His last start, he went three, uh, three and third after the no-no. He's two and one with a three-five. I think he's been what they expected. Uh, Aaron Savalli with the Indians. He went to the Rays. Uh, he had thrown eight consecutive starts with two earned runs or less until Wednesday night. Uh he got pulled with two on, both scored, so he gave three earned runs, had nine punch outs. He's one and one with a two nine. I think the Rays are very happy. With oh, I, I think Savali is quietly one of the really, really good acquisitions. Yeah. Yeah. It was five and two with a two three before the trade. Exactly. Right. I mean, you know, I, I don't know that it's odd to see Cleveland, who is in it, uh, that comfortable moving away from a, that good of an arm. Um, Jack Flaherty, <clears throat> who, uh, had a good start. I, if I remember right, he had a good first start. He did, but he's, uh, gotten beaten up in his last two, um, is one and two with a seven Oh seven and a one five seven whip, which is, uh, well, not good. Uh, O's need him to be better. And um, they actually skipped his next turn in the rotation, Kurt, because yeah. the way the schedule played out, but right. And that's exactly what you're not hoping to have or do as the team or the player. You're you're traded to get the O's traded for him to get another arm down the stretch, and skipping that arm says that they're not real happy with how it's gone so far. The two big names, obviously, that left New York were Verlander and Scherzer. Scherzer uh, has a track record of being 
excuse me, a beast after getting traded to the deadline. 30 punch outs in 23 and two thirds innings, three and one with the two six six in Texas. Uh, meanwhile, his uh, mound mate and now divisional opponent, uh, Justin Verlander, is three and one with a three three eight, and hasn't uh, said a lot, uh, which is probably um, well. He didn't say a lot about New York. He's kind of taking the high road, but that all changed um, because. <laughs> So I haven't seen the footage yet, but apparently Alex Cora came out and said, uh, told uh, Verlander to hurry up. Um, and basically Cora told him to F off, uh, which. Which, by the way, on the broadcast, when you do see it, it is very clear that's exactly what he did. And yeah. you can hear it. Right. Yeah. Uh, um, but. Cora's quote was, we've seen this before. Cora told reporters, according to MassLive.com, I think we've been in that place too, kind of acting like the pitchcom doesn't work. But when you're shaking off, shaking off, shaking off, what are you shaking off for? I told him he shook off a few times. He said he did not. I said, just go pitch. And he just, and then he blew me off. Uh, Verlander, after the game, kind of laughed. In part, uh, in part, it was just me being like, I'm done with this, said Verlander, pitched six scoreless innings in their 7-3 win. You do what you want. Talk to the umpire. I'm going to worry about pitching. Um, fun stuff. Uh, I never, I, I don't remember. I, I, I got into it a couple times with other people and managers, but I, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. We we're playing Tampa Bay and, uh, there was a bang, bang play at first base. And I can't remember who the umpire was, but Lou Pinello was managing Tampa and the play was called safe. And I knew the runner wasn't safe because the runner stepped on my spike to step on the bag, which means he never stepped on the bag. So I had the umpire and I, and I said, look, listen, there's, it didn't, you know, you made a bad call, blah, 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 blah. I said, look at my shoe. And I pointed down to my shoe and I said, he stepped on my spike. He never stepped on the bag. He immediately calls the runner out. Luke Pinella comes out of the dugout and just blows up. And, and only Luke Pinella in the way he could, um, but it was the first time I'd, I think I'd ever seen an overturn call. And Lou said after the game, I've never seen a call get overturned like that. So he was a little bit stunned about it. Uh, but then we ch we we talked trash to each other afterwards and then we moved on. But it was uh, never did a lot of that, John, with another manager. Um, the White Sox are cleaning house. And uh, Jerry Reinsdorf fired Ken Williams, uh, executive vice president, and uh, – uh, Senior VP and GM Rick Hahn, uh, effective immediately. Um, yeah, I'm not really sure this shocked anybody. I, I, although Williams has been there since, what, 22 years? Since 2001? Yeah. yeah. Um, and Hahn has been there since 2013. Um, but they are uh, they're a horribly underperforming team. I'm not sure. Again, I think the Pedro Griffal stuff, which goes back to both Williams and Hahn because they made the hire. Um, is probably a bigger piece to this than those two guys. Um, I don't know where that puts them next year, Bill. I really don't. I mean, I think they're much like the Yankees. If they came out and went 20 and four to start the season, no one would be shocked. Right. They, they have incredibly talented offensive players. They're just underperforming. Um, and I'm going to be very curious to see how and if the change in schedule has has made 
uh, an impact going away from the balanced divisional schedule or unbalanced divisional schedule. I'd be very curious to see uh, how that plays out. Well, so. you got to figure with a new GM coming in and a new management above the GM that a new manager's coming in, right? You just, that's all, yeah. almost automatic. Well, and, and then given what came out, whether it was true or not, the new GM's going to come in and say, you know, I can't do with this. I, and I think the new manager comes in with a roster that he thinks he can win with. Right. So, yeah, I mean, you definitely want to, you know, you definitely want to have a look at at making some adjustments there. The, sure. the thing that amazed me when I was researching this stuff, I didn't realize Jerry Reinsdorf is 87 years old. Yeah. The owner of the White Sox. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's a very he's, different cat, man. He, uh, he was a player. I was a player rep in the 94 lockout. And he and I got into it a couple times across the table because I called him a liar. Uh, and I showed his lies and he was very upset at me for doing that. And that was when I realized that owners don't like to be well, talked how, down to. How yeah. dare you tell the truth? Yeah, yeah, that was that was that. So uh wow, it's gonna be a busy week. We're getting ready to head into the stretch. I mean, this is the dog days right now. This is thank God there isn't a team right here and right now where I'm at because it's a thousand degrees and there's no possible way anybody could do anything but stand in water in this weather. Uh, but this is when all those times, Bill, that that you during the steroid era, players talked about strength. This is what they cheated for right here. They cheated to feel April fresh today. Um, they cheated to be in spring training condition mentally and physically today, because you had an enormous advantage over me if on August twenty fourth, you know, I'm taking the the mound in St. Louis and it's one hundred and twenty on the field. And you're feeling spring training spry and I'm dragging ass a little bit, you know, baseball is about confidence and stepping into the batter's box with that confidence against me. And not that I wasn't confident, but I was going to have to battle and grind and you were going to have to do less if you were cheating. That's where they got the advantage. That's where all these guys that say it didn't help them hit a baseball baloney. It absolutely did. Um, in all the ways that, that you can and cannot imagine. So uh, so we talked about the other day, uh, and, and I'm going to say this in a very respectful way. This is a list of guys who uh, I don't want to say I love to face, but I, I didn't have a problem with them being at the plate in certain situations. Um, and I had a blast putting this list together. <laughs> There's, I'll tell you, you missed the name. I, I, right that's what I wanted to know is Eddie Murray. Eddie Murray. Yes. I believe Eddie Murray was one for something off me. Oh my. And it was in the twenties or thirties and it was literally his last at bat ever against me. And I knew I said in my head, Oh my God, I'm going to get this guy out and he's going to be a first bout hall of famer. And I'm going to have a hall of famer. Oh, for his career against me. <laughs> and I'll be damned if he didn't single the next pitch up the middle. It was when he was at the Dodgers. Um, but uh, Andre Scalaraga was a guy who I don't know. Uh, I would tell you that I, I used to watch the video. I just threw him fastballs down and away. Literally fastballs on the outside. Now, you had to place the ball, but, like, that's all I did. And I didn't do anything else. And he swung and missed. I'll never forget. I was pitching. I, I want to tell you it was my 
my hundredth career win, but it might not have been, but, but anyway, I was, uh, Tito was managing. We were in Atlanta and I had a, <laughs> I had a 10 hit shutout in the ninth inning and the Braves had loaded the bases and they sent up Galarraga to pinch hit. And I looked at Tito and he looked at me and he smiled and laughed and I smiled and laughed. And I thought, thank you. And, and, and not no disrespect to Andres, obviously a phenomenal player, but it was just one of those matchups. I threw him fastballs down and away. He swung and missed with the bases loaded and he struck out and we won the game. Well, the, the numbers are crazy. 50 at bats. He had a 120 average yeah. and struck out 22 of the 50 at bats. And uh, the other guy that I got who, and this guy got me later in my, but the other guy that was like that was Todd Hollinsworth. He, he was hitting in the one fifties with, with, and then at the end of his, when I lost it towards the end of our matchups, he got me a couple of times. Um, I remember, I think I struck out Andrew Jones three or four times in his debut. Um, Bagwell and Biggio, we mentioned the other day, I had both of them. Well, I don't know about had them, but I, I, Beltre was another guy. Uh, JT Snow, Ryan Klesko. Yeah, yeah. That, that's bringing back some memories. Marquise Grissom owned me. He's on this list. I punched him out 22 times, but he had 94 at bats. And that guy, that 330 dropped from about 470 because <laughs> he just raked me. Um, Piazza was another one. He hit me probably a little bit harder than that 240 average looks, but, but, uh, well, and, and Chipper Jones being on this list, he batted 306 against you, but yeah, we had that was one of Chipper Jones and Derek Jeter were probably my favorite at bats. McGuire was too, is at some point because no matter when they came up in the game, they got everything I had every pitch. I was I was digging deep every time I faced them because they were competing so hard and it was so fun. Um, and, you know, against them, for the most part, I was a two pitch pitcher. I was fastball split. So it was game of of uh, in 98. I pitched game back to back games against Maddox, beat him two to one in Atlanta, punched out 15 and then beat him one to nothing in Philly five days later. And in the two to one game, Chipper had a home run off me in the first inning on a two fa fastball. He just crushed it. Uh, and then uh, he was the only guy over the next two days to have good. I mean, we just had great at bats, great at bats. And Jeter was the same way. Um, so when you say that you reached down and and brought it. What does that mean for you? Are that you means, throwing so I harder? The, the, well, the term going to the well, right? The term going to the well as a pitcher means I'm giving you everything I got on this at bat or this at bat, right? I could go to the well three times a game. Three times a game. Okay. And and the fourth time I was done. And so if I had to go to the well three times before the ninth, I was in trouble. But there were certain guys who got, I went to the well, so to speak, every at bat. They <laughs> got it from me every at bat. Didn't matter. In 98, I think McGuire and Sosa both got it from me. Uh, I, I, I took a lot of pride in the fact that when they were doing that home run chase the first time, I don't, I don't think either one of them hit a home run off me that year. Cause they got everything I had every at bat. Um, Bonds was another one later in his career who got everything. So, so it didn't take, uh, you know, when I say going to the well, second and third, first inning, nobody out. I got to go to the well, right? Yeah. I got to reach deep because I need a punch out here to stop that guy. Then I need a pop up or a punch out. And, you know, I have to get strikeouts. I'm going for a strikeout. Going to the well is going for a strikeout. 
this entire bat is all about me striking you out. So I had to have more velocity. I had to have October velocity with April command. And uh, I, I eventually learned how to do that. And, and I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. I had an inning. I had a couple innings in my career that I never forgot and, and that were, were, were touch points for the rest of my career. And I want to say it was 97. I was facing Kevin Brown when Kevin Brown was Kevin Brown with the Dodgers, or it might've been 98. Anyway, um, Gary Darling's behind the plate. And I walked, I want to say I walked Gary Sheffield on like strike nine because Gary Darling sucked uh, to load the bases. Nobody out. This is top of the sixth inning. Nobody out. Nothing, nothing game, I think. Um, and then I have uh, I have three straight guys. I had, I want to say, Chef. Uh, I think I might have had to. Anyway, I had, it was, Mon, Beltre ended the inning. And it was two other guys. It was two other big studs in front of them. I went 3-0. So I said, I'll never forget. I went behind the mound and tied my shoe. And I said, this is everything you got here. This is the game. Sixth inning. I knew, you know, Brown's throwing his game. So I can't give up runs. So I said, this is everything you got, whatever it takes. And I'd always written that under my hat, whatever it takes. That was the answer to everything, right? What are you going to do here? Whatever it takes to get this out of this inning. Went back. I went 3-0 on the first hitter. Came back to 3-2. Split finger fastball after foul ball struck him out. Next hitter, I went 3-0 again. Went back to 3-2. Three, three, one of them was Hollinsworth. Fastball away, strikeout for the second out. Beltre comes up. I go 3-0 again on Beltre. Come back to full count. He grounds out the second to end the inning. No runs. We score six in the bottom of the inning and beat him. And I never forgot that. That inning served me for the rest of my career because you can't be worse than walking the bases loaded with nobody out as a pitcher. And I found it in myself. And so whenever I came across a situation later in my career, I was like, yeah, you've been here. You've had it far worse than this. And so I had, and I had innings like that, a couple of different innings that, that did certain things. And that was, I'll never forget that inning. I went 3-0 on three with the bases loaded and nobody out. I went 3-0 on three straight hitters and came back and got a 3-2 strikeout, a 3-2 strikeout, and then a 3-2 ground ball. And I walked off the mound and the place went nuts in Philly. And then we scored six runs and won the game. Yeah, never ever forgot that inning. So. That's awesome. By the way, Adrian Beltre, another guy on this list, yes. who was a career one thirty nine hitter yeah, against you. I, I had, I had the guy. I had Adrian's uh, number. Thank I you. think Adrian finished his career with a three hundred average. Yeah. Well, it, and he's going to sneak up on people. Guaranteed, surefire Hall of Famer, though. Oh yeah, it, like professional it, hitter. Yes, and probably as good a defensive player, short of Scott Rowland, as I've ever seen at third base. Uh, and a, apparently a phenomenal guy. Just don't touch his head. <laughs> um, anyway. All right. Hope you enjoyed that. That's the show for the week. Uh, anywhere you find your podcast, outkick.com. We'd always like you guys to find it there. Um, Apple, Spotify, anywhere you find your podcast, spread the word. Uh, we're growing. We're doing well. I, I think we're doing okay. Hopefully you enjoy the content. Uh, and we'll catch you guys uh, Tuesday next week. Bill, have a great weekend, brother.